0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son, from the Father, full of grace and truth. This is a profound mystery. Well, I mean by a mystery, this is a truth which, although it can be apprehended, it cannot be comprehended. Although we can trust in it, we can never fully understand it. Although our hearts can hold it dearly, it cannot be contained in our minds. Now Christians do receive mockery at times for... Believing in such mysteries. People say that these are irrational. Not irrational. But rather, they go beyond our rationality. And my point for the sermon today is that the only God worth believing in would be and in fact is a God of mysteries. But let us recount first of all The mysteries entailed in the mystery of the Holy Incarnation because they truly defy the mind. As Christians, we believe that in Christ, the eternal Word of God became flesh. He who is equal with the Father from eternity. Now consider this. In Christ, God becomes man. What does this mean? First of all, God is eternal. That doesn't just simply mean that God lives forever. To even talk about that way would be to subject God to time. That has no bearing on God whatsoever. That's how we can say that God is eternal. But we humans, we were created. We have a beginning point And on account of sin, we also have an end in death. And Jesus shared in us with this, shared with us in this, did he not? God, who is eternal, enters into time by becoming man. He has a birth, and in the time to come he will have a death. A death prefigured by the Manger itself. For as he was laid in the rough wood of the manger this prefigured the fact that he would be laid upon and hung upon the rough wood of the Holy Cross. God is omnipotent, right? He has all power. A power which defies our comprehension and our understanding. But God who is all powerful in the babe of Bethlehem Becomes small, weak, and helpless so that he has to be protected by Joseph, warmed upon the lap of Mary. Speaking of sitting upon the lap of Mary, God is the source of not only our existence in our creation, but also in our sustenance. He is the source of every moment of our lives. It is He who sends rain upon the fields in order that it may grow grain, in order that we may keep body and soul together. Yet He who is the source of our sustenance Himself needs to be sustained at the breast of the virgin mother. God, who is all-knowing, all wise. Himself becomes a little child. He needs to be taught how to speak. He needs to be taught how to eat. How to walk. The word himself. Becomes a student of the word. Isn't that fascinating? Such things utterly confound the mind. We cannot comprehend them. And some people would say that Christianity is on this count not worthy to be believed in because why would you believe something that you cannot comprehend? Something that you cannot fully understand. Yet there are other things that cannot be comprehended. It cannot be understood, at least with the mind. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen His glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Full of grace. Grace, mercy forgiveness, these don't make sense according to the mind. Yet God is a God of grace. Throughout the Old Testament, we see God's people constantly turning away from him. We see Adam bestowed with great blessings in the Garden of Eden given every good thing, and yet turning away from the gift giver in his sin. Yet God has mercy on him, even though God tells him that the day that you eat of the fruit of the tree of what you should not eat, you shall die. God yet still bestows life upon Adam. He holds back from the full consequences of this. We see throughout the Old Testament, God calls Abraham to be the father of a great people. And yet Abraham consistently fails to show gratitude towards God as he enacts various kinds of sin in his life. And his progeny are no different. God is good to Israel. He rescues them from slavery in Egypt and almost in the blink of an eye they go on to commit idolatry. He preserves them in the wilderness for 40 years and brings them into a good land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And yet, they make that a land of idolatry Yet time and time again, God has mercy. God has forgiveness. And we might look at that and look at him and say, what a foolish God is this, that even though his people, the people that he blesses turn us away so often, yet he forgives. Rational minds would say, this is a foolish God. God's foolishness puts man's wisdom to shame. And this is the message that I want for you to hear today. The wisdom of God far surpasses our wisdom. And while our minds cannot comprehend, yet our hearts can trust in a God Who far surpasses our rationality. For God indeed is a God of grace, a God who gives. Um, Many of you know I've preached about it many times, but uh, I've made it a habit of, of visiting the worship sites of other religions, not to worship, not to pray but in order to observe and sometimes even to witness when the opportunity comes. That's very interesting. When, whenever I've visited an Islamic mosque, again, I don't worship and I don't pray, but the president of the congregation, it's usually not the cleric, it's usually the layperson. Now think about this at St. Peter's Lutheran Church, it were the lay people who pulled aside visitors to the congregation and say, Hey, I haven't seen you before. You look like a visitor. Let me tell you about the core tenets of our faith. <laughs> Think about that for a second. That's what happens to me when I go and visit a mosque. It's the lay people who pull me aside and tell me, let me tell you about Islam. And they always say, you're a Christian, aren't you? And they say, well, here's the thing. As as Muslims, we love Jesus. We believe that there is no greater prophet than Jesus other than the prophet Muhammad. We think he was a great man. We hold him to our hearts dearly. But here's the thing. You as a Christian, how can you believe that Jesus is God? It makes no sense. That God would be man, and man would be God. That's always my window. It's, it's always the same thing. There must be some sort of Muslim evangelism program where they all learn this. They I say, yeah, who is a Muslim? You believe that God is great, right? And they'll say, yes, yes, yes. That's essentially the Islamic creed. God is great. So you believe that God is great? Our God as Christians is so great that he cannot be contained in our minds. And even while it may make no rational sense to you or even to me that God could be man and man would be God, yet we as Christians believe that God is so great that he puts our wisdom to shame. And praise be to God for this. For it is only the God who defies our comprehension who could take on human flesh. It is only the God who defies our comprehension that He who is eternal could on the cross die for us. It is only the God who defies our comprehension who can bring life to out of death. It is only the God who defies comprehension that can make the sinner righteous. It is only the God who defies comprehension who can make rebels into sons. It is only the God who defies comprehension who can take us out of the realm of death and sin and darkness and bring us into the realm of light and righteousness and life. Praise be to God that He is a God of mysteries. For through this, we have received the mystery of forgiveness, the mystery of mercy, and the mystery of eternal life through the babe of Bethlehem. To Him be all power and glory and honor. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.